so glad you could join us today. And I've got Terry Taylor, Terry, uh, with us today. Terry is a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in oncology nutrition. And she just spoke to the group about the importance of making healthy lifestyle choices. Terry, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for including me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So you talked about living a healthy life, and it doesn't involve just diet, correct? That's right. It involves many different lifestyle practices. Nutrition is, of course, a very important part of that, but also we want to look at things like physical activity. We want to look at relationships we have with people and looking at your quality of life. Well, one of the things that you mentioned that I would had not heard of before, and I've had a few uh, colon surgeries, my <laughs> colon cancer-related surgeries myself, was the importance of prehabilitation. Talk a little bit about that. Yes, you know, many of us have a surgery or we have an injury and we go to rehab afterwards, maybe some physical therapy or something like that. What we find now with the research is actually that doing what we call prehabilitation or doing some exercise and looking at the foods that you're eating before you have, a in particular, colorectal surgery, can make a difference in the outcome. There was some research that showed that when they took a control group versus an intervention group, the intervention group did receive couching and counseling on including whey protein products, doing more walking activity prior to their surgery, and then the outcome after their surgery, they were more functional, they healed quickly, um, more quickly than the group that started those things after their surgery. And I imagine that people that have been living a healthy life and making healthy choices prior to surgery probably required that prehabilitation, perhaps a little less because they were already leading a healthy lifestyle? Exactly. And, you know, that brings up the point for all of us to be really taking a look at what we're doing to keep ourselves healthy. What are we doing in terms of getting the right kinds of foods and making the choices, doing some of those activities? Because those things are really going to be in our favor when we are faced with a, a medical issue. Right. Um, the diet that we hear a lot about and you uh, talked about during your presentation earlier was the Mediterranean diet. Uh, tell us just a little bit about what that is and why it's so beneficial. Okay, thanks. Yes, the Mediterranean eating plan has really been getting a lot of um, press and a lot of significant research done on it. What that is is that's the traditional eating plan around those countries that surround the Mediterranean Sea. So those are places like Italy and Greece, Portugal, Spain, Turkey, Crete, Sardinia, all of those places. And in those places, that is one place in the world where people live a long and healthy life. And their eating plan and their activity plan and their social activities all contribute to that. And some of the things that are involved in Mediterranean eating are, number one, using more unprocessed, whole foods, things that are more local. And in particular, we look at focusing those meals on plant foods, so a lot of things like vegetables and fruits, whole grains, a lot of healthy fat, and those would be fats that come from plants primarily, so oils, like olive oil in particular, nuts and seeds, using some dairy, in particular yogurts or some full-fat cheeses, using occasional poultry and eggs and fish, and really limiting the amount of red meat to maybe several times per month and limiting those refined high-sugar sweets. 
you talked about the impact uh, on these foods and the, their anti-inflammatory properties. Why is anti-inflammatory so important for colorectal cancer? When we look at the way that cancer cells grow, one of those triggers for cancer cells is what we call chronic inflammation. And that's like a low-grade kind of fuel that, that actually promotes the growth of cancer cells. Certain hormones are produced when we have chronic low-grade um, inflammation in our body that could potentially make colorectal cancer cells grow. Other things that promote inflammation are, again, more processed foods, more refined foods, not enough activity, not enough fruits and vegetables, stress. Many of those things can contribute to chronic inflammation. Being overweight is another thing. So when we look at a Mediterranean plan, it includes a lot of those foods that reduce inflammation. It does include having a healthy relationship and bonding with people, a social part of it, and also does include some physical activity. I see. Lots of times I, s I talk to people and you, you see two kinds of groups, some that want to find the easy way out. And I want to talk about them first. What do you say to the people? Well, I'll just find, you know, I'll go to the nearest vitamin store and I'll just take supplements and, and that'll do the trick. Yes, of course, we all want to do just take that pill and be done with it and make it very easy. But what we're finding now is so much of the research is really suggesting that dietary supplements do not work in the same way in the body as whole foods do. And in fact, in some cases, they may promote the growth of cancer cells. So my suggestion or invitation to all of you listening would be to please try and make including plant foods simple in your life. So it doesn't mean that you have to be sitting there and chopping everything up for hours and hours in your kitchen. Maybe you're going to buy some frozen vegetables. Maybe you're going to buy vegetables from that salad bar. Maybe when you go out for dinner, you're going to opt for a side salad or opt for a vegetable instead of those french fries. Those are simple changes that you can do to get the benefits of the whole food. And the problem is, is that when we um, isolate or take out certain vitamins or minerals or other herbal products from us, from a plant source, in our bodies, it might not be that one thing. It's the interaction of many things that's providing the cancer protection. So perhaps if we take out a certain vitamin, maybe that vitamin needs to work with something else that's in the whole food. Or maybe it's because it has fiber or isn't, doesn't have a lot of animal fat or those things that's providing the protection rather than an isolated vitamin, mineral, or herbal product. Now, there are some um, changes, though, or some exceptions, I guess I should say. Perhaps vitamin D is something that we need to look at in terms of supplementation if our blood levels are low. There is some research that looks at turmeric, which is a culinary herb, and larger um, doses of those potentially being a preventative for colorectal cancer. I see. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, so I talked about people looking for the easy way out. Then you have the people, and I see, I've seen this too, who come out of, you know, treatment or diagnosis and immediately go way the other way. Um, and I noticed that you didn't use the word eliminate when you were talking about unhealthy choices. You talked about the word limit. And that struck a chord with me because recently I saw a post in the Colon Cancer Alliance Facebook group in Blue Hope Nation, uh, a woman uh, talking about wanting to have a cookie. And she ha had ate this cookie. She just came out of treatment and was absolutely panicked that the sugar is going to be feeding her cancer and I shouldn't have had the cookie. Talk about that too. That is is it elimination or just, you know, 
limiting? I appreciate that question, that comment, because I get that a lot of my, in my practice as well. And most importantly to remember not to have any guilt with food. That's very important. Guilt is not a healthy thing. And we do look at eating patterns. It's not the one item that makes a difference. It's what's happening in your whole um, plan of eating. And we look at, in particular, sugar. Sugar itself is not probably feeding the cancer. It's that sugar is a refined carbohydrate. So if you're eating a lot of white flour and white sugar products, instead of including some whole grains or fresh fruits and vegetables, then it has some reactions in the body that potentially could make cancer cells grow. So the idea is if you're going to include some of those, and it's certainly acceptable, that you're including it as part of a meal that perhaps has some vegetables in it, has some brown rice in it, has some lean protein in it, those types of things, and using it as part of that so that then the blood sugar doesn't go up as high and promote certain compounds or hormones that could make cancer cells grow. And, you know, my practice, I really focus on the positives. I really don't like to focus on things, oh, I shouldn't have this or I shouldn't have that. That's very stressful, and that is not livable. And what we want is we want things to be livable, things that you can do and sustain for a long period of time. So it's probably not realistic to say, I'm never going to have a cookie again, or I'm never going to have, you know, a piece of cake or something. It's, again, how you're including it with the general pattern of what you're eating and how, you, um, how often you're doing that. I see. Well, Terry, thank you so much for joining me. How can people find out about more about you and your practice? Where can they go online to learn more about you? Thank you very much. I actually um, am the nutrition educator for the Virginia G. Piper Cancer Center at Honor Health in Scottsdale, Arizona. We have a website. It's honorhealth.org which you can go on there and go in our cancer program. Uh, we do offer individual nutrition counseling. We have all kinds of community events and cooking classes. So we would love to have you join us. Terrific. Ta Terry, thank you so much for taking a few minutes and spending time with us today. I My appreciate pleasure. it. Thank you.